Welcome to the Sunday session on NRL.com. My name is Chris Kennedy. My regular co-pilot, Kenny Scott, is still away on daddy duties. But this week, it is my very great pleasure and privilege to welcome Broncos, Maroons and Kangaroos legend, Steve Renoff, to the podcast. Steve, thank you so much for dialing in. Hey, no worries, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to talking some footy with you, uh, Steve. We'll start off with the game that's just finished, the uh, the Knights and the Sharks. 16 points uh, to 14, a, a bit of a scrap fest. It looked like sort of early on both teams were trying to lose it as much as they were trying to win it. But it was just it was such a massive game for the table, especially, you know, just given where they, they both were. Pretty much a four-point game for whoever won this. It was tight the whole way. Uh, what did you make of this one? Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, Chris, it, I mean, it was a... You know, it was a game that you sort of expected. I mean, if you look at it from where they are on the table, uh, you know, they scrapped it out. It was a little bit messy here and there. But, um, you know, look, Newcastle scraped through in the end. And, you know, I, I think the, the people there watching would have enjoyed that one. But, uh, you know, they're, they're playing in that down in that end of the table uh, for a reason and probably showed that without being too harsh on, harsh on those teams. But, um, you know, it ended up being a tight one in the end. Seems to have really helped the Knights the last few weeks, just getting most of their chief playmakers back. I think on their second game this year, they've had Ponga, Pierce, Clifford and, and Jaden Braley all together and also Bradman Best uh, returning. He's had a, a real impact on that left side attack and Anari Tuala outside him really seems to be enjoying having uh, Bradman back as well. Yeah, look, and look, Bradman, you know, he, he had a pretty good game tonight, which is great. And um, Jake Clifford's done really well, uh, I think, for the Knights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, since he's come obviously mid-season and it's like it's been a breath of fresh air for him. He's doing some great work down there and obviously he kicked that goal tonight to, to win the game. It's, um, like I said, it was a huge result for the uh, the ladder. The Knights going to outright seventh now, just with the uh, the way the other results happened this weekend. The Titans, the Raiders, and obviously the Sharks all um, <laughs> losing. Their, their differential's still not great, but... Um, you know, going a win clear is massive for them. The Sharks still with a relatively gentle um, final three games and a chance to come back in, but that was a, um, a big game to lose for them. Yeah, it was. As they say, you know, you talk about that four-point loss. Look, I think out of the two, I mean, the Sharks have been going okay, and I thought, you know, they, they probably had their chances, to be honest, and um, they, they let that slip, and that that's footy. And, you know, obviously... Uh, yeah, Josh, you know, be pretty disappointed in that, and, and so would the players. But, you know, you, you look at this, it, it's without being, once again, without being too harsh, um, you look at this end of the, the ladder, and, you know, these guys, uh, you know, really, are they going to mix it come finals time with the, with the top four? Uh, that, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it's um, probably a strong feeling that anyone outside the top, what do we reckon, five or six is, is going to be making up the numbers once we get to uh, to September. It was, it was a weird sort of start to the game. The Knights, um, you know, got the ball back from a short kickoff and scored pretty much in the, the first minute of play. So it was a, you know, bad tone to set from from Canada. They were able to, to reclaim the lead um, at one point. Yeah, exactly. They, they seemed, as you say, first 35 seconds or whatever it was. And um, you know, that, that try seemed so easy and you, you thought, I thought, well, here we go. Uh, you know, this could be the day for them. But, um, you know, the whole way through, very tight game. Um, you know, uh, they, they hit back pretty quickly. And, um, you know, as I said, but Newcastle, you know, come out in the end, which is great. Great for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the earliest Sunday game, 24 points to 10. The Warriors beat the Bulldogs, um, as we probably all expect them to do, just given Canterbury's struggles this season. Pretty good result for the Warriors. They were sort of written off um, a month or so ago. It was their third straight win, and they're still they're level with the Sharks. They're just a win behind that um, that cluster of teams um, ahead of them on, on equal eighth. So I'm um, not out of it yet, the Warriors. You know, they're, they're a team that, they, you know, you can only call them the battlers. Uh, just what they've had to put up with the last couple mm. of years and, um, you know, yeah, really just just putting teams together, pinning them together uh, prior to, to some games over the, over the past 18 months. So they're doing well. You know, they show a lot of character and obviously uh, without Roger and, um, you know, done, they've actually won the three since, since he's left. So, yeah. you know, shows so that they've stepped up. Nathan Brown spoke in his press comments a little bit just about, you know, not looking for excuses, but just the the disruption they've had this year, Roger, and also Leeson going back home, that the injuries they've had, you know, Fusatu has hardly been seen. Ken Lamalo's left the club. They've lost, you know, Torhu Harris and some other forwards. They were missing Matt Lodge this week. Fanua Blake missed half the season. They've, you know, they've still been able to keep stringing um, wins together with what's, you know, a very new look team now to what they started um, the season with. So it's a fairly impressive feat, you know, given what they've had to put up with. Yeah, look, and you know what's good? Um, you know, they showed, obviously, uh, with Walsh, a fullback, and Tavita at 5'8", the two young boys, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're really stepping up. And, uh, you know, they, they showed that as well, um, that they, uh, you know, they, they probably topped that off today with, with the performance from both of those players. And, you know, they're only young, so they're going to get better. And it's, it's good signs, really, for the Warriors. What about the Bulldogs? I mean, we, we all know the struggles they've had this year, and it's, you know, that every team's had their injuries, but it's not so much been around injuries for the dogs. It's just been real struggles in terms of their execution, their, their fifth play, their last tackle plays have been terrible. I don't know how many times they were tackled on the last today. They had one fifth tackle kick that went backwards. They, um, you know, they, I think they got the best completion rate in the comp, but the errors they did have were just stone cold errors coming out of their own end. They were on the wrong end of a nine-two penalty count, and most of those penalties were, you know, a kick that went out on the full. There were, I think, four really obvious high tackles, two penalties for multi, you know, three-on-one or two-on-one steals. That you know, it wasn't sort of the refs caning them; it was just real simple, obvious penalties. So they're they're not helping themselves at all. That's the bulldogs in it at the moment, and it's sad to see that. Just got no direction, as you said. They their defence, they, they they just weren't even. You know, you want to be aggressive and uh, you actually attack in defence. To be honest, and we just didn't see that at all. And mm. you know, the Warriors did it quite easy, really, in, in the big scheme of things. And as you mentioned, they just just these little mistakes. But you know what? They repeated a couple today in the one game that were really you know much the same. To be honest, and it's just it, I, I don't know what it is. They're just in that space uh, that. You know that it really comes from obviously between their their ears. It um, they just got to get those mistakes out of their game. But you know that they have. They've just they've just sort of struggled along. And um, hopefully uh, the new signings come next year that they'll they'll see a bit of a change. I guess the frustrating thing for Dogs fans is, I mean, you mentioned they've got some good signings coming next year and those guys like Yado Carr and Matt Burton and Brent Naden, there's a, there's a few coming in who are going to help them. Their, their roster this year isn't strong, but the, the problem is they're just, they're repeating mistakes. They're making mistakes now they're making at the start of the year and they don't really appear to be improving or learning from from what's gone wrong before. Well, you know, then that then, then questions your coaching staff, to be honest, and look, look not, not to be hard on them, you never want to point the blame, but, you know, obviously there's a message not getting through, um, to, to be honest there. And, and obviously, uh, I, I think Gus Gould's um, 
going back there as well um, to, to help them out. But, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, the messaging obviously is not getting through. I mean, there needs to be repercussions. They probably don't have the depth for that to happen within the club at the moment. But as, as we mentioned, I think that'll change next year. And, you know, they show glimpses, but it's just not good enough. Just on the coaching staff, did you see the incident where um, the Edward Cosy lost the ball and Sione Katoa hit him quite high at the same time the ball came three, the three, the Bulldogs crossed and the, the try was disallowed because of the high contact um, on Edward Cosy. Um, I, I thought it was pretty obvious high contact, like the shoulder of Katoa made contact with, with Cosy's jaw and his sort of head snapped sideways. Barrett came out in his press conference and he really went to town on the referees. He said it wasn't late, it wasn't high, it wasn't dangerous. What are they doing? I'm, to me, that's just baffling. Yeah, that that is baffling. I mean, it was plain to see and look... Oh, you know, that that's another thing. I mean, that's frustration. Um, you know, he wasn't happy, obviously, but uh, as you said, it, it, how could it not be? I mean, I mean, this is the thing we're trying to change. I mean, we can pick and choose all these incidences and, look, we'll talk about the, the Bronco incident, which will come later, but... We will, um, yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, on the scale of things, uh, I don't think there was any space for that, to be honest. Yeah, no... Um... Barrett said he'd already had two looks at it. He might need a third one, I think, because that uh, was a pretty obvious high tackle to me. Let's talk about the Seagulls up against the Eels on Saturday night. Now, I thought, you know, the way the Eels have been struggling and the way that Manly have been going, that Manly would probably win this one. But I did not see 56 points to 10 coming. I think Manly had five line breaks in the first eight or 10 minutes. The Eels' edges were just getting absolutely dismantled you know Tommy Turbo had a field day Ruben Garrick ran a marquee you know he's breaking club point scoring records Daly Cherubins had the ball on a string with his long kicks but Eels just had no answers well you know Manly I come to that point in the season and they've been building you know you know they they, they can beat anyone and they've known that and obviously um you know it's that's coincided uh with uh Tommy uh being back in the team uh so with, with Tommy being back, I mean, that has changed. But what they've done, they've built around that. And, you know, things have been going great uh, for them. And I, I just love the way, I mean, you look at that, Parramatta were just playing out, played out of the game very early. And there's no, they just couldn't get their way back in. Tactics from Manny, the number, it wasn't just Daly, but Daly in particular, kicking on sort of second or third tackle to turn the eels around, pin them in their, in their corner, um, you know, Eels were sort of, their edges, like I said, struggled. They were jamming when they should be sliding. They, um, defense was, um, you know, a little bit confused. They weren't all on the uh, on the same page. And then we had, you know, Ryan Madison, who has a, you know, a couple of black marks on his judiciary record already with a, um, a pretty nasty tackle on Brad Parker. And um, I don't think the refs had really much choice but to, to send him off. And then um, near Corey got done for a professional foul straight after that. And it was 13 on 11 for 10 minutes. And um, I mean, almost any team, 13 on 11, you're expecting points. But the way that game was going, no surprise to see uh, points flowing thick and fast during that period as well. Yeah. And once again, frustrated into that, you know, it's just, it was just, you know, that they just got to a point, and unfortunate for them, that they've they've been through that in, in the past couple of years. You know, we, we've seen how well they've gone. And, at, you know, for the start and three quarters of the season, it just seems to fall away. I'm not sure what happens there with that team. Do you, um, they've been in the top four 
all season. They're like right from the start, they've been sitting in the top four, the top two for some of it. Um, they're now they've dropped to six because the Roosters won and obviously Manly beat them. They, um, you know, they, they're in free fall. They're, like, can you see any way they can turn this around in the, the three weeks before finals to actually make a, a dent in the, the finals? Yeah, well, having a look at who they got, I mean, that, that's really who, who they got coming in into the finals. I mean, they, they, that's got to be a target, obviously, uh, for, for Brad and, and the team to say, well, you know, these are the ones we got to win. We get... But the thing is, let's let's think week to week. They've got to be a lot better than they were this week and next week. So um, if, if they don't turn around next week, um, you know, it, it, they're not looking great. Bit of a um, obviously Madison will be missing a, a few weeks with that um, high tackle charge. I think minimum three games out for him. Tommy Turbo, it sounds like may have picked up a, a hairline fracture in his jaw and could miss a, a few weeks. So I mean, Manly, um, you know, obviously they were terrible at the start of the year when he was gone. He came back, they turned a corner, they started winning games. He's missed a couple of games around Origin, just being rested, and they're able to win games there with Ruben Garrick at fullback. But um, but they wouldn't be missing Turbo for uh, for too long at this stage of the year. Yeah, that's right, and. Um... You know, it's a shame that that's happened. But I, I think they've obviously built their confidence back up with Tommy being back. I mean, with, with losing him, I'm sure they they won't drop away to where they were. Um, you know, that they've gained a lot of confidence right across the park, um, you know. So a couple of weeks, I think they'll be okay. Even, um, you know, assuming they do get him back for week one of the finals, at least he'll be uh, nice and, and fresh, I guess, for, for those ones. Um, the second Saturday game, the West Tigers 24 points to 16 over the Cowboys. I'm going to be honest, this was not the game of the year. The uh, the errors were through the roof. It was uh, it was scrappy. Um, <laughs> a rough old night for the, the Cowboys, but Tigers, I guess, did enough to uh, to keep their slim finals hopes flickering. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it's just you know the poor old cowboys, and we say the poor old cowboys. They just, just haven't been up to speed, have they? It's, it's, um, you know, look, it's, it's, it, it, they're very similar. I mean, I think we forget that they've got a, they're developing a lot of new players. They've had a lot of great players leave the club. Uh, you now, with they without uh, Jason Tomonolo, um, you know, so they've had injuries as well. On top of that, I, I think they're a, a young team that's still trying to. Uh, you know, build some momentum. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, it was it was typical. And once again, it's typical of where they're sitting on the ladder that we saw that game. What do you, um, what do you read into this one? If anything, Tigers still sitting in 13th. They're um, level with four teams on, on 18 points, but the worst four and against of those four teams. So even with winnable games left, they got a, a very steep hill to, to somehow try and jag a final spot. Yeah, look, I, I can't see it, to be honest. And I just don't think they have it across the park, to be on, to, to be really honest. And, um, you know, maybe they go back and watch their doco they got at the moment. But so, <laughs> see it. And, and once again, you don't want to be too harsh, but um, I, they're, they're sitting where they probably uh, should be on the ladder, to be honest. Uh, once again, when we talk about that, that you know, the, the other teams out of that eight. What do you make of the uh, Cowboys? I mean, finals are long gone for them, but it's been, you know, was it eight or nine losses in a row now? Todd Payton's tried things. He's tried moving players around. We've seen some young guys come in. The two debutants um, looked okay. Um, the, the young forwards off the bench in this game, but, um, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of work to be done there to, to turn the Cowboys around. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, and uh, yeah, we, you talk about, and they, they, as I said, I mean, they've got those injuries, but the thing is, um, you know, they'll be just, you know, they're probably a bit like the Broncos. They'll just um, 
want to just try and improve and, and just be better for the rest of the season. I mean, that's all you can take out. When you're sitting down that end of the table, you just want to see some positives come out in these last few games. Um, and, you know, it might seem like you're playing for nothing, but, yeah, you're just playing for pride. And, um, you know, I, you know, I feel a bit for Todd Payton because he, he's just trying to rebuild this club. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, the first of the Saturday games, the, the Rabbitohs, 36 points to six over the Titans. Um, I guess we'll start with the Titans. They won three in a row coming into this one, but this just felt like a, a really big reality check. The, um, you know, the, the standard, the class went up, um, a big jump from what they'd beaten the last three weeks and, and Rabbitohs were just way too good. Well, that sort of showed, I mean, you know, it was mentioned too that, uh, look, I don't think the Titans have beaten anyone uh, above them. Um, I'm not sure that's that's right, but um, there's a fair lot of those teams they haven't beaten. Um, but that was a reality check, I think, uh, for them. And, you know, uh, Wayne's men, the, the the Rabbits came out and, you know, Latrell was was amazing. Cody Walker, I mean, you just got to mention those names. They were, they were great on the night. And, they, you know, I, I was watching that game and once again, the Rabbits just ran through them. Um, there was no aggressiveness in the attack although no push forward in oh sorry in the defense of the titans so the rabbits found it very easy it's um they're looking ominous the, the rabbitos i mean those two guys you mentioned latrell mitchell and, and cody walker they've been you know in a good team two absolute standouts cody walker his his ball playing his instincts his you know his try assist his line break assist this year are just through the roof he's um you know especially on that left edge with both sides of the field he just he seems to always take the right option he's pulling teams apart and then Latrell is just he's riding such a wave of, of confidence he's you know he's got close to the best hands in the NRL he's so physically imposing and um, when he's got his back up like he did uh, on Saturday he's just impossible to stop hi oh, you know you just you think as a, uh, you know, you're like a centre, when you look at some of the centres, an ex-centre defending someone like that, it must be so tough. I mean, mm. as you say, when when he's on, he's on. And uh, he definitely was the other night. And th- th- that's a good thing. And see, Cody Walker playing inside of him realised that he, he's got that at his, at, at his hand, you know. he can he, He's got these players that can do that. And obviously, Latrell is probably the number one at the moment. Um and, you know, that sort of frees Cody up every now and then because you haven't Latrell outside of you means you can get your half breaks and breaks just a bit further in as well. So they can play with each other really well. What do you reckon about South? They, um, they've hardly lost a game all year, but they lost two games in the middle to the Storm and the Panthers by roughly 50 points each. Two, um, you know, two of the biggest losses any team has had um, this year. They've obviously um, grown and developed since then. They're riding away with confidence. Now they've got Penrith next weekend. Um, I'm not expecting Penrith to blow them away by 50 points like they did earlier in the year, but um, do you reckon South, with the, the way they're going now, the, the confidence their players have got, can they turn around what happened to, to the Storm and the Panthers earlier in in the year and be a, a, a proper threat in the finals. Well, I can I can you know, nearly ninety nine percent say you. I mean, they're a team coached by Wayne Bennett, so he's been there, done that, and he will have their heads right. And look, this is a nearly a typical Wayne Bennett coach team. You know, coming into the finals, uh, they're playing some really good footy. He's always talked about that. You know, you got to be on the front foot and playing really well, and and winning obviously coming into the final if you're any chance at all. Um, so he'll make sure that ain't is not going to happen. Anything, and we saw it a little bit the other night, and you don't you don't want to pick it to bits too much, but um, the rabbits do go through parts of the game where they switched off, and they switched off a couple of times um, in in the second half, and you sort of thought, oh gee, they just 
you know, there's taken wrong options. I think there was three or four drop balls and they just sort of went off track for a while. But if they can, and they will, um, being coached by Wayne, stay, um, you know, when they fall in trouble, just go back to what they know and what they're, they're told to do, uh, then they can come out with the flair after that. But uh, I think that we won't see those blowouts, uh, you know, going forward for them. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. And they do have a couple of players to come back, uh, especially in the back line, Alex Johnston and uh, Campbell Graham close yeah. to return. So they could get a little bit stronger before the end of the year, the uh, the Bunnies. Now let's talk about your Broncos. Uh, 21 points to 20, the Roosters won on Friday night. This game, I was just watching it unfold and shaking my head. It just all, like I couldn't keep up with what was happening. There were so many talking points, so many moments. Heartbreak in the end for, for Brisbane, a, a controversial finish. I don't even know where to start with this one, but what were your thoughts on it? Look, I, I thought it was good from a fact. I saw some really good glimpses from Brisbane, uh, just to talk about them first. And, um, you know, they, they're going up and down, but they kept, they were, the thing is they were in the competition all night. So that, that was a positive. Um, you can nearly say that, that that was a real positive for them. But once again, they're just these little parts of the game. Um, look, that, that drop ball, um, you know, at the end, and you don't want to, you, you know, you'd not to say or target anyone. They're the things that you don't, you just got to make sure it doesn't happen. Um, you know, a minute or so to go and you drop the ball. But but I, I must say that I think the great call, um, you know, by the Roosters for that that penalty, uh, or the, the, you know, the, the challenge, and it came off, which I, I, I struggle with that penalty, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, without well, you're, me, not, you're not alone. Yeah, I, I just... You know, good on, get on, um, you know, the Roosters for picking that one up. I think it was Tedesco um, uh, yeah. who, who challenged it. And, and obviously they got it in the end, but Brisbane have got to be better than that. But the good thing about Brisbane, they are playing a lot better. So for them, I think they beat the Roosters early in the year um, and still to be in that competition with them at the end of this game, that's a positive for the club. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that it was a confusing one. I think the eventual ruling was that because there was an error in the play the ball after the, the Flegler high shot that the play hadn't finished and they were able to go back that far or it was because it was foul play. I'm not. Uh, it, it is a little bit confusing and, and I think we all agree there wasn't a whole lot in the um, the, the high tackle from, from Tom Flegler, but I guess it did cop him a, a little bit high and I'm not sure the bunker really had much choice but to go the way they did. But yeah, it was certainly a strange way to see a game finish that it, it had so many ebbs and flows through it. I guess you credit as well to, to Adam Kieran. That wasn't the easiest penalty goal in the world and he absolutely nailed it. So I guess those are the pressure moments you live for as a uh, goal kicker. Well, that's right. I mean, he, he stood up and he got him over the line. And uh, But, you know, once again, it, it, it's, uh, you know, Brisbane, that they'll learn from that. As Kevin Walters mentioned, he said, you know, rugby league's like that. I mean, at the moment, uh, in, in, he mentioned as in the Roosters' room, well, they're loving rugby league because they got away with the one-point win. But um, in the Broncos' room, uh, this is sometimes you you think, what am I doing here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Victor Radley facing a few games out, it was a pretty nasty looking challenge, really. It ended up on, on Albert Kelly, the way his leg folded under him. I mean, those those plays are illegal for a reason. And I think Radley had only yeah. been missing one game, but it wasn't for his record. But I, I don't think any, you know, I don't think there was too much controversy around that one. I think he got it wrong and it had to be a penalty. He got it wrong. and he, He's been known to have a few uh, brain snaps, but that, that's dangerous. Uh, to, to, just to be brutally honest, it, it's dangerous. I mean, he knew he was going in down around the legs and, and around that knee area and what other result was going to happen out of that. Um, you know, I think, I think um, 
you know, some some people have said, oh, we, we can't change him too much in the way he tags. Well, he probably needs to because he's going to keep missing a lot more games. Yeah, I mean, it was only, it was probably the Broncos game earlier in the year that that's done the damage for him. I think he was sinned in twice in that one. He yeah. really sort of got the, the red mist in that game. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's what I mean. He's got to learn from that. I mean, look, it's great. He, I, I love Victor Radley and he, he's aggressive and I, I loved him when he first, I think I saw his debut, when he first came on the scene, I thought, Jesus, he has a rip, you know, he gets in, has a go and, uh, but he's just got to make sure, you know, he, he stays away from those danger areas and down around the knees is one of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many other moments in this game, even before the two penalty goals and all the late drama, we saw Sam Walker absolutely ice a field goal with eight minutes to go to, to take the lead. He's, a, he's only just turned 19, a young Queenslander who's gone from the, the Broncos down to the Roosters for a, a chance. He comes from pretty good rugby league stock and um, I've been so impressed with what he's done this year. Oh, I've been amazed with him. Uh, I remember when he debuted and I, I text Benny Walker, his dad, because I know Benny really well and uh, and he, he just said, oh, you'll be happy with him when you watch him play. And I do. I love watching him play. And I, I said to Ben, he's got a bit of you in, in him and just watching him slide around the field. But uh, he, he is a really good kid. You know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. You know, if he's anything like his family, like his dad and his family, uh, he, he's a really nice kid. And you know what? He can play rugby league and mm. uh, he, he's burst onto the scene. And, you know, he, he, you know he, he's had to slowly come on. but. Uh, He's doing great and he'll have a long time in rugby league for sure. Well, certainly been thrown in there probably earlier than Trent Robinson would have planned on just due to the injuries uh, elsewhere in the squad. And the other one is um, is Dale Copley, who played in this game between these two teams earlier in the year. He scored a try for Brisbane against the Roosters when the Broncos won, switches clubs, and he scores a try against the Broncos for the Roosters when the Roosters win. I think they might be the only two games he's won all year. That's right. Oh, no, we had a bit of a laugh about that when we saw him, you know, we saw him out there. So I, I, you know, I, I wasn't paying too much attention. I, I saw his name pop up and I thought, oh, is that Dale? And uh, the guys I was with, and we had a bit of a laugh. But, you know, he, you know, he's a survivor. You know, he's had a lot of injuries and he had, had to get himself around the place. And it's good to see him back, but, he, you know, because he's a great player. He's just had a lot of injuries during his career. Yeah. He's a smart lad as well. He's studying. I don't know if it's yeah. law or engineering or what it's something, something pretty intelligent, something probably pretty beyond me. So he's uh, probably got no dramas <laughs> with his post-game career when he does hang them up. So um, well done to Dale Copley. The earlier Friday game, the Panthers 34 points to 16 over the Dragons. And um, Panthers' first 20 minutes was horrible, just absolute error yeah. after error after error. I think they completed two from their first seven sets, but Dragons weren't able to take advantage. Brent Maiden scores an intercept try. And then obviously we're talking at the end of the game about a pretty comfortable Panthers win. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll look I'm sure uh, Anthony Griffin would be very, very happy with the start. I mean, who would have thought um, that, that that would have been the way the game would have started? But then uh, I think it probably ended up the way everyone thought it would. Um, you know, I mean, they just had to bide their time and get back and get back to the basics and do what they did best. And they did that, Penrith. And that just shows what sort of, you know, a good team plays like that and does that. I mean, yep, they weren't happy with the start but they're you know, good enough to get back in the game and dominate towards the end. As bad as that start was, once they did get into the grind of it, they just looked so much more comfortable with Nathan Cleary back there. I mean, Jerome Luai looked more comfortable. The other players looked more comfortable. There's so much more assuredness and confidence around the group with, with Cleary back in there. And, and that's what happens. I mean, obviously, we saw that with Manly. So, obviously, now Cleary, and he's been out for a little while now. And 
um, they, they'd all be confident. And he just, he just for a young young player, he's got such a good head on his shoulders and he just directs that team. Um, and they have missed that, to be honest. They have missed him there. And, and Luai's back. So the, the duo's back together as well. And, you know, they, they, they're good team, the Penrith Panthers. And we, we all know that. That's an understatement for me to say. But um, they're a great team. And, and you know, they got a couple of weeks now to, to settle back in and get back into their groove. And uh, you look look out for them coming to the finals. He uh, clearly spoke after the game um, on Fox League and then again in the press conference and he was pretty unhappy with his own game. He said it you know it felt clunky. He was he was really happy with the way the shoulder felt and a few like once he got through a few tackles and a few blokes picked him out and he got through that, he was fine with the shoulder, but he just felt he was quite rusty and wasn't happy with his own performance. So I guess that's if anything a little bit ominous for the rest of the comp, but he's he's got a lot more in him than what we showed in that game. Yeah, look, and I look, I, you know, the way he plays and you watch him on the field, he's, I, I'm pretty sure he's a, very much a perfectionist with his game. Yeah. Um, so he's going to pick up on stuff that, but what he's got to realise, and I'm sure his dad as coach and says that to him, that, um, look, mate, you've been out for a few weeks now and you, know, you come back, you, you, sometimes, you know, you, you, you're starting again, um, but it won't take long. Uh, and he showed that. Um, he, he turned it around um, and he'll be even better next week. I don't want to dwell on uh, refereeing decisions for the second time in uh, in the podcast, but we do have to talk about the quote-unquote shoulder charge. It was a play in the second half. Uh, Jack Bird off the, the kick return, picked out Cleary in the defensive line, ran straight at him. Cleary braces, pops his shoulder into, you know, he basically, I think he made contact with the ball first. The steam flies out from Jack Bird's grasp. The, the Panthers pick it up and score. It was a big turning point um, in the game or a significant try in the game. Anthony Griffin was very unhappy afterwards. He thought it was a blatant shoulder charge. The match review committee obviously didn't agree because he uh, he got nothing out of it, uh, Nathan Cleary. What what are your thoughts on this one? Because it's certainly, I think we can all agree it wasn't dangerous. No, nah, it wasn't dangerous. And I think so, that's what we're going to take out of it. The thing I took out of it was just Nathan protecting himself, to be honest. Yeah. You know, he, he did the bit of a turn in, into it. I mean, that that's just human nature. Yeah, you got something coming at you. I don't think he thought about, oh, I'm going to give him a shoulder charge and knock this ball out. It was just, it was just, incident. it just happened. Um, and he was, he really, I think he just turned a brace to be honest. And it happened to knock the ball out. Yeah. I tend to agree that the two components of a shoulder charge are using the shoulder and charging. And I think he, he did use the shoulder, no. but there wasn't really any charge in there. He was, he was bracing. And like I said, I think the first contact was the ball. You nearly go as far as there was a little bit of a flinch. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be pretty it, sad if that was a, a tackle that resulted in a player missing games, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, and I think common sense there, and I think we've got to look at that in a lot of other areas of the game. Um, uh, you know, common sense prevailed there, I think, and it would have been harsh if he, if anything happened out of that against Nathan Cleary. Back to the first game of the round, uh, 26 points to 16. The Storm beat the Raiders. Um, Raiders, I don't know, they, they took it to the Storm, but um, they probably just didn't help themselves a bit. This game was almost there to be won, I think, for, for Canberra, yeah. if they were just able to sort of play their best footy. Yeah, they were, and that, that they they let themselves down. And look, Ricky spoke about that. I mean, he could see their opportunities that they had during the match, and you know that's one thing he'd be very very disappointed with is uh, they were they they were, they were in it, um, but then once again, you know, they are playing the storm. Uh, you know, what what can we say about them? Uh, just mm. such a dominant team, and you know they were able to weather that, and um, you know they got through, and they 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 very quickly. Uh, regain their momentum and, and, you know, got away with the win. 
Yeah, they did. I mean, it was three tries apiece, this one. It was a 10-point ball game, but four penalty goals. The uh, Storm kicked three of those in the uh, the second half. So it's like they were blowing the Raiders off the park. But, um, yeah, just able to sort of, I guess, outdo them in that grind. Yeah, and that's what they do. I mean, I mean, Melbourne have been known that. I mean, get in the grind. And sometimes, you know, and teams have done it. And we've talked talked about it before. Or, you know, we you got to challenge them on the edges and, and go wide them sometimes, um, you know, because – they love being in the grind, um, you know, getting that middle with their with their forwards. And I know the change, the game's changed a bit with the wrestle on that, but um, they you still don't want to get in a grind with Melbourne, um, and they're, they're very good at it. I guess um, you know ominous signs in terms of you know, Nelson Asper Solomon still to come back, Tui Kamakamita still to come back. They're still playing with Pappenhausen and Harry Grant off the bench, so um, you know a few luxuries there uh, for Melbourne in terms of uh, gearing up for the finals. Craig Bellamy be rubbing his hands together. I mean, it's just amazing the 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 you know the players he has as he at his disposal. As you said, got the two big giants still to come back, and that's going to be a massive bonus for him. I mean, that that was in terms of getting you know dominating Canberra. That was probably what they were missing was just that little bit of extra muscle in the middle. So you put those two blokes into that team, and they oh. probably win that game by a fair bit more. Without a doubt, uh, and you know they have they have missed them and. Um, but just just their just their big bodies, um, you know that, that Canberra. So you know, to have those to to you know setting setting everything up for you with with their yardage and bending the line. I mean, you know, any team would love to have those two blokes in, in their team um, doing that. Um, and look, Manly. Oh, sorry, uh, Melbourne show it time and time again um, how well they get play off the back of, of a strong forward pack who just know how to work hard. 100%. Bit of a, a dicey moment late in this game. Uh, Corey had a weird nighter. Um, you know, I don't, he's never done this before in his career. So it's not like he's got a habit out of it, but a, a tackle that slipped up and um, shoulder contact to the head of Jerome Hughes. He found himself sent off. He's going to be missing some game time. I guess what I did like out of this, you know, very regrettable incident is the immediate remorse shown by Hadawira Nida. Um, he posted a really heartfelt apology on his Instagram. He, he seems to be really, really remorseful. And Jerome Hughes sort of immediately accepted the apology. So I guess the, um, you know, the, the fraternity of rugby league coming together a little bit there, despite the, the nature of the injury. Yeah, seeing that incident, look, they're going to happen. And, you know, these guys are going in hard. And, you know, he, he happened to get contact. Uh, with his head, but it was a pretty brutal one. Um, but, you know, he showed remorse straight away. I mean, he, he went over as they were taking him off and, um, you know, and it looked, it didn't look great and what obviously not great for, uh, you know, for the head. But um, the thing is uh, that that's going to happen and that'll still happen, even though we're trying, uh, you know, we're doing our best. I think I, I agree with the, the get away from the head decision, but uh, they're still going to happen. And, Anyway, it uh, was another dominant, or not dominant, but a, another hard-fought win for the Storm uh, yeah. at the end of a, a pretty um, interesting round 22 of the Telstra Premiership. Very interesting round 23 uh, coming up. We'll be back next Sunday to talk through that. But um, for now, thank you so much, Steve, for joining us on the Sunday Session podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me.